the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AVA.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Today we are pleased and happy once again to have Dina Ology in the house. Good morning. How are you? Glad to have you here today. It's always good to see your shiny, happy face. I have a shiny, happy face? You do. <laughs> I've been told to have the radio face, but I've never been told a shiny, happy face before. So that's new. That's all good. Happy to happy to make your, your happy face even happier. <laughs> there you go. How are you today? What's going on? Oh, I am I am doing great. I am loving that it finally feels like spring here mm. in the in the DC metro area. The cherry blossoms are blooming. It's just a nice time of year here. It is. It is. If you're in the rest of the world where there might not be such a nice place, come visit. We'll have you. It would be nice to have we'll you. We'll show around. you the cherry blossoms. We're not having a blizzard here. <laughs> no, we're not. Some <laughs> folks are, but we're not. Oh, <laughs> and bless them all. Yeah. You know, before we get started this morning, do you mind if I just take a quick second and give a personal shout out? Absolutely not. You know, back in the day when I was a a young budding college student trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I, I it was just a couple of years ago now. Ten years, Max. Um, <laughs> I was walking through the, the college courtyard, and the college radio station had a table set up, and they were doing a live broadcast from the courtyard. Oh, fun. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. I'll go talk to those guys. Well, I talked to them and ended up meeting the station manager for the college radio station, mm-hmm. and that's where I got my start in radio. Oh, how cool. And the person who was instrumental in in encouraging me and in giving me my first start, his name was Howard Espravnik. Everyone called him Mr. E. Mm. Today is Mr. E's birthday. Well, happy birthday, Mr. So e. I wanted to give just a big old shout out to, to the guy who gave me my start way back in the day. Yeah, that's awesome. One We've of the all most, got those guys. Yeah, one of the most amazing people ever and, and someone who, well, he's he's a big part of the reason I'm sitting here right oh, now. Oh, that's awesome. So Which college was this? We this was Volunteer State Community College in Gallatin, Tennessee. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, yes. We called it the Harvard on the Highway. <laughs> I like that. It's good. <laughs> it, it was a great place to get a start. It was a great place to uh, to learn radio, and that's where I met Mr. E. And as they say, the rest is history. So happy birthday, Mr. E. Love you much. There you go. Awesome. So 
little personal thing before we get on to the business. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to have a little back history anyway about where absolutely, you come from. Yes, yes, what yes, you've been yes. Doing. Um, you know, and back in those days when I uh, when I would do the afternoon drive time show, I would have to report on the stock market. And, it, you know, we had the, the little AP printer thing <laughs> Gosh, back in the those. day. Noisy, too. Noisy in printer. In fact, we'd actually open up the door so we could hear the sound effects sometimes because so we, <laughs> we didn't have enough money for sound effects back in the day. And, and we'd have to, you know, go rip the stories off the AP printer, and I would have to report on the markets <laughs> every afternoon, and, and it would print out the Dow was this, the the S and P was this, the Nasdaq was this. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> you know what it I was twenty years old. What did I know? Yeah. I just read the numbers. And yet here I am today getting ready to tell you what the Dow, the S and P and Nasdaq did this week. And speaking of that, Friday was an awesome day. Friday was a great day. We uh, for the week uh, the Dow was actually down a fraction of a percent, point zero five percent. Um, but the Dow is still up 13.22% for the year. That's a really nice bounce off of those fourth quarter lows. Mm -hmm. The S&P was up a half percent for the week. The NASDAQ was up half a percent for the week. So the S&P is up just shy of 16% for the year. The NASDAQ is up a little over 20% for the year. Wow. So if you just bought the index, you'd be making money this year. Well, you would, or if you would have ridden out the pain of the fourth quarter, mm -hmm. you could have recouped uh, what the fourth quarter took away. And to that point, it, I, I found some very interesting news this week. Dalbar is an organization that does all sorts of studies in our industry. And Dalbar, uh, at the end of March, came out with their latest study of investor performance for 2018. And I found this very, very enlightening. Let me just read you the headline. U.S. investors lost twice as much as the S&P 500 in 2018. Hmm. How's that happen? Wow. How yeah, do investors know. lose twice what the market loses? Well, it's very simple. We talk about this. On the regular, investors try to pick the best time to sell and the best time to mm. buy, often based on either emotion or headlines or emotions that are spurred by headlines, mm. and they end up shooting themselves in the foot. The S&P was down 4.3% in 2018. The average individual investor lost almost nine and a half. Wow, that's actually too. That's sad in a lot of ways that they could have they could have made that money if they just kind of stood the course. Well, one thing that we preach, and I and, I, and I'm going to get on the soapbox for a second again today, is you cannot Bob, bring the soapbox in. Thank you. You <laughs> cannot time the market. No. If there were an algorithm, if there were a mathematical formula, somebody would have figured it out before now. And I'll tell you what, if I had figured it out before now, I told you before, we'd be having this broadcast from a beach in Bora Bora. <laughs> Maybe in, in one of those little glass-bottomed huts. I don't know. But the, the news always seems to reinforce this notion of get invested and stay invested. Don't make emotional money decisions, especially with money that is 
by definition, long-term money. Okay, but that's so easy to say. I mean, it really is. But emotions, I mean, how do you control them? When you see the things changing left and right, you have to you have to kind of back away from it emotionally, but it's not easy to do. No, it's not. And especially uh, in times like we endured at the end of the fourth quarter, when you see the market just just go on almost a, a, a free fall. We I'm going to lose a, it all. We well, and that's the fear, right? Yeah. Chicken little, the sky is falling. The sky is not falling. Mm-hmm. The market over any short period of time is going to give or it's going to take. It's going to be super volatile in any narrow window. And by narrow window, I could be talking one or two years. Mm-hmm. In stock market uh, timelines, one or two years is very, very small. So you have to talk yourself off the ledge or have someone you trust to talk you off the ledge. And you have to remember a, the sky isn't falling. B, if you're going to be an investor, you have to have the fortitude to weather the ups and downs. If you're not going to be an investor, you need to rethink what you're doing. Because if you're not an investor, are you a trader? Yeah. Yeah. Are, are, and are you really investing for goals and for the goal purpose? Is, it, is your eye on the goal to get that or you, is your eye on making money every day in the market? Well, and that's, and that's just it. I've had people tell me before, well, I just want to make as much money as I can. Yeah, but that's, that's not a defined goal at mm, all. And mm. that sort of mentality causes people to take on more investment risk than may be prudent. If we approach things from a financial planning perspective, if we define clear goals for yourself, for your family, and we develop a savings and investment plan that mirrors those goals, I believe that you are far more able to weather the ups and downs of, say, a fourth quarter 2018. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to step back from one down quarter and say, you know what, this too shall pass, you can then get the following quarter, like we've had here in the first quarter of 2019, where we've got really nice double-digit returns. Mm-hmm. The ball eventually bounces, and you have to be in the market to reap the rewards of that bounce. You need a coach, too. You need somebody to sort of, like you said before, take, talk you off the ledge, somebody to be there when you're sort of not, not looking at your goals and you're That's looking at right. the current thing and somebody to help you through that. And it, there are times in life that are harder to maintain that mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. level-headedness, right? Mm-hmm. If you've just undergone a big tragedy in your life and you see the market dropping, that just is another, in your mind, another tragedy waiting to happen. Oh, no, I just had this bad thing happen, and now I'm going to lose all my money. Oh, no. Well, you you as a, do some trading with, with Rosenthal. You guys do trading there at Rosenthal Wealth Management. I know we you do. do. So, I mean, if you're an investor, can you just take the reins away from yourself if you're an emotional trader and just say, I have to call you before I make a trade? So Absolutely. That, yeah, that's kind of Absolutely. a better way to do it, I think. I have, I, depending on what the market's doing at any given time, I may get a higher volume of calls from people who are doing just that. Hey, mm-hmm. Dina, I see the market is doing crazy things. Can you just tell me what's going on? Mm-hmm. Should I be worried? That's <laughs> that's actually a common question. Mm-hmm. Dina, should I be worried? Mm-hmm. And when I tell them, no, the sky isn't falling, a lot of times they'll say, okay, that's all I need to know. That's awesome. Needed to hear it from you first. Mm-hmm. So um, food for thought, the average investor lost twice what the overall market lost last year. And that's because they're trying to time in and out. In trying to mitigate loss, 
they doubled the loss. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So FYI, and, and if any one of our listeners wants that study, I'm happy to send them the link. It's a matter of public record. Yeah, if you'd like to dial in as well, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Deanology, our financial and retirement expert here in studio. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back with, uh, with more in just a moment and your calls. So hang in there. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's a quick tip for you. Remember, it's time in the market, not necessarily timing. Stay away from lots of buy-sell transactions. Find quality, buy it and hold it until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change. It's time in the market, not necessarily timing. If you'd like more information on proper investing, then go visit my website at LarryRosenthal.com or simply give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. That's 855-767-3123. If you'd like to dial in, the telephone number here is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, to talk to Deanology, our wonderful financial and retirement expert in studio with us here today. Thank you so much. Just want to recap a few headlines from the week. Um, one of the biggest financial headlines that we had this week, Brexit has been postponed again. <laughs> there, Friday was the deadline from the last postponement, and the European Council granted the UK a second longer extension. So now Britain has got until October 31st to advance the agreement through Parliament uh, to withdraw from the EU. Is this going to happen? I mean, come on. Flip a coin. I it's it's hard to say. Now I'm glad to see that they're taking their time and coming up with an agreement that's going to work for all parties because to rush one through oh, sort yeah. of haphazardly is mess. a far worse uh, alternative. So fine, kick the can down the down the road another six months. Let's see what you can come up with. Yeah, I'm just beginning to wonder if it was ever a good idea in the first place. But that's a big, big, big debate. So we'll, we'll leave that one alone. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going down yeah, that road with you today. <laughs> I, I do not blame you. I do not blame you. But just know that the whole Brexit conversation's going to linger. Yeah, it will. Um, and, and Which is kind of good for the markets right now. It's just going to be kind of steady as she goes because you haven't really done anything. And as you said, but again, this is the thing that Larry talks about. The markets don't like uh, indecision and uncertainty. No, they do not. They absolutely do not. So more to come. And when we look at the list of things that potentially impacts the movement of the market up or down, that's that's hanging out on the list for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The U.S. Treasury Secretary said this week that the U.S. and China have reached agreement on an enforcement mechanism of the trade agreements that they've been talking about for months now. This is a very positive or a potentially very positive bit of news because, again, we've been uh, we've had this threat of trade war with China hanging over our head for months, Mm -hmm. months and months. That was part of the problem in fourth quarter last year because there was such uncertainty around it all. So this. This sounds positive. Uh, Some of the details still have to be worked out, including how they're going to handle tariffs. So more to come, but positive news, at least at least on that front. Globally, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, they've lowered their outlook for global growth, trimming their forecast to 3.3% from 3.5% back in January. They cited slower growth in China, spillovers from the U.S.-China trade uh, conversation, and tightening financial uh, conditions as part of what's causing this global slowdown. Now, 3.3 is not slouchy, though. That's still pretty good. 3.5 to 3.3, it is a reduction in the estimate, but 3.3, still a nice growth, Mm -hmm. still a nice clip of growth. So that's not concerning to me, and certainly I don't believe that that means recession is imminent. Mm -hmm. I'm not not there with that bit of data at all. In fact, I'm, I'm sort of on the opposite end of that data after the U.S. jobless report. Jobless claims fell below. 200,000, their lowest level since, get this, October 1969. Mm. So they're still gassing this engine. Well, think about what was going on in October of 1969. The labor force was much smaller than it is today. Last week's unemployment report shows that the pace of job gains has slowed a little bit in recent months. However, it is still sufficient to absorb new entrants into the workforce. That's a very yeah. healthy backdrop for this economy. That's that's a nice bit of data for where we are in this economic cycle. So the foundation is still there, but you would a lot of people are like, hey, can, it, can, can it keep going up? Can the economy keep growing like this? Isn't there at some point it's got to slow down? Doesn't there have to be some sort of a pullback? I does it have to be? I, it just feels like you should. I mean, in the never past. Say, never say never. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's there are lots of analogies out there, right? We use sports analogies all the time, and we talk about if this were a baseball game, maybe we're in the eighth inning or the mm. beginning of the ninth. But what we don't know, to extend the sports analogy, we don't know if this is a doubleheader. Yep, or extra innings. We, sure. we, may be, we may be toward the end of this game, but we may go sideways for a little bit and take off again. Mm-hmm. It is not a foregone conclusion that the next move is down. We can go sideways for an indeterminate amount of time as long as the data is still supportive. So how do we best ride this wave? The best way to ride this wave is what I preach all the time. Make sure your financial plan is updated. Make sure that you've done an appropriate risk evaluation on all of your investments, the short-term and the long-term ones, so that you know that you can get as much upside as possible in a good market, but that you can bolster on the downside if things go the wrong way. Because even though we've got good economic data, even though we've got supportive economic data right now, an unknown or unforeseen event can shake the markets for a mm-hmm. period of time. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you always understand the level of risk that, that, are, 
within your investments. There's there's what's called systematic risk. There's that market risk that you cannot diversify out. There are other risks that you can diversify out. So it's important if you're not comfortable doing that analysis for yourself. It's important that you retain someone who can. That's a good bit of professional help that I think is wise to engage. You need somebody on your team. You do. You absolutely do. Um, the Fed, uh, the Fed minutes from their March meeting came out, and the Fed is is confirming their patient approach to interest rates. It's likely that they won't raise rates at all this year. That's awesome. It's it's good, and it supports what I was saying earlier about we could just trend sideways for a while, economically speaking, and that's not a bad thing. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE123. If you'd like to talk to Dina Ology, our financial and expert here in studio today, taking your calls with anything that's on your mind, if you've been waiting to kind of ask a question, now's a good time to get in. That's right. That's right. So in the coming week, we're going to have a couple of economic data points to watch out for. So on Monday, the U.S. industrial production numbers will come out. That's a measure of inflation. We watch that to see what the the production side, the industrial side of our economy is doing. Are their prices rising? Are their prices dropping? Um, that's a, a very important data point that the Fed's certainly looking at to determine their interest rate policy. On Wednesday, we get the balance of trade report that tells us how much of a trade deficit or trade surplus we're running in the United States. Um, Globally, uh, the UK is reporting their unemployment rate on Monday. China on Wednesday will report their first quarter GDP retail sales and industrial production. Wow. So those are those are all big metrics to watch and it's always important to keep an eye also on corporate earnings. Corporate earnings are a big part of the backdrop that drives the market. So first quarter earnings season is officially now. This is when companies are reporting what they earned in the months January, February and March. Analysts right now are forecasting a 4.5% year-over-year drop in earnings on the S&P. That would be the first decline in about three years. Not necessarily a recessionary signal because earnings are still projected to be positive. So um, all economic metrics that we watch, these numbers come out every week, different, different sets of numbers. So that's part of what we're watching to help advise our clients and to help determine the risks as we move forward. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. We have uh, someone on the phone with us here from Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, probably somewhere near the neck of the woods where you grew Mm -hmm. up. (laughs) Bob, welcome aboard. What's your question for Dina? Well, I'm uh, late in life, 54 years old, be 55 this year. And, uh, through some unfortunate circumstances, lost all my retirement plans a few years ago, and didn't know what do I need to do to start over. I've got three thousand dollars and can save about two hundred a month right now. Are you working, Bob? I am. Okay. Does your employer provide a four hundred one k plan? They do. Do they match? They do. Start there. You make sure that you're at the very least putting in what your employer will match. If you have the ability to save that $200 a month, the 401k plan tax deferred is where you start. Okay. 
easy, easy, easy. It'll come right out of your paycheck every time you get paid. You don't even have to think about it. Now, what I would advise you to do is be a little Um, I'm going to say moderately aggressive on the investments that you pick because you've got some lost time to make up for, right? You you don't want to be so conservative that you stunt your growth prospects. The, The growth on your investments from now until you retire is part of what will help you make up for the money that you've lost. Right. And if you want some help, um, Bob can get your information, and you're welcome to email me the list of the investments in your 401k plan, and I can help guide you through that a little bit. Okay, that'd be great. All right, Bob, thanks for calling us today. We'll put you on hold, and Bob, and Bob will get a hold of you. It's, all, it's Bob, Bob Day today. Bob, hold for Bob. <laughs> Bob, hold for Bob. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Adina Algy, who's in the house here today. You know what? That that was actually a really great question because mm-hmm. life happens, right? Sometimes we're, we're clipping along and we're doing all the right things and the sky does fall. So how yeah. do we pick up from that? And, and so many people, I, I'm, I'm certain Bob's not the only person listening who's in that situation. No, no. He's to, he, the thing he has done well is he has identified what he is able to save. He, he's not saying, well, tell me how much I need to save. I can do this much right now. So start with that. Invest as aggressively as you're comfortable investing and, and set it on autopilot. Don't make this something that you have to think about. Is he missing the one point, though, about what, how much does he need to save and what's the destination goal? At some point, that conversation needs to happen. But right now, the savings habit needs to be engaged. Gotcha. Okay. Absolutely. Um, once, once he's back on his feet a little bit, then we engage the planning conversation. Okay. We've got this bit started. I'm back. I'm back in the saddle again. What do I need to do now? He said he was 54. About to turn 55. Yeah. So is is when is too late to get started? Never. Okay. Never, ever, ever. It's a little tougher as you get later on in life. Well, it is because the the amount that you have to save, it, it gets bigger. <laughs> You know, if, yeah. if if I can get brand new college graduates before they start doing anything and get them signed up for their 401k plan, they're better off. Oh, yeah, sure. Than than waiting until they're 30 and starting the the amount of money that you need to save. Let's 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 do a hypothetical. And I did this with with a new college grad not not too long ago. So the math is somewhat fresh in my mind. If you're. 24 years old, and you know that you want to have a million dollars by the time you're 60, let's call it. And and I'm going to botch the math because I don't have a calculator out, but let's suppose you can earn an 8% rate of return. Mm-hmm. Conceptually, hang with me on this. If you start when you're 24 years old, you may need to save 200 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. If you wait until you're 30 to start saving and you don't move the other goalposts. So I'm 30 years old and I still want to have a million bucks by the time I'm 60. Well, if you'd started at 24, you could save 200 a month. But by waiting until you're 30, now you got to save 400 a month mm-hmm. because you've got to make up for those six years of mm-hmm. saving that you didn't do. And then you still got to do the other saving from that point forward. So the math gets really ugly really fast. If you are able, my message is start soon. If you've gotten kicked in the teeth and you have to start over, let's talk about the best way to do that. Awesome. Tom from Haymarket, welcome aboard. Your question for Dina today. 
Uh, good morning, Dean. I have a question in reference to uh, capital gains on a privately owned home. Okay. Can I rule that into a Roth IRA without penalty? Let me ask you a few questions about this, the, the privately owned home. Has it been your primary residence in two of the past five years? Yes, ma'am. Do you own it yourself or do you own it jointly with a spouse? I own it myself. Okay. So as the sole owner of that property, you can exclude from taxation $250,000 of profit before you ever owe tax on any of it. So that's that's comment number one. Comment number two, no, there's not a mechanism to roll profits from real estate into a Roth IRA. But there okay. is a but there is a very, very nice exemption on the first two hundred fifty thousand of profit. My caution to you is make sure you know what profit is. Profit is not necessarily the check you get at the settlement table when you sell it. Profit is what you paid for it plus all of the improvements along the years. So that becomes your cost basis. So you subtract your cost basis plus your realtor fees from whatever your selling price is. That's your profit. Okay, I understand. I appreciate the information. Happy to help. Call us anytime. Thanks, Tom. Right. Appreciate Bye-bye. the call. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Clint is calling us from North Carolina. Hello, Clint. How are you? What's your question for Dina? I, I am well, and I appreciate you asking. My question is pretty straightforward. With the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 in uh, new high territories that we've never been before, what indicators can we look at to understand what the true valuation of the stock market is and uh, to be sensitive to as it at some point has to perform a correction of sorts? You can only blow so much air into a balloon before it has to correct. Well, and I think we saw that in the fourth quarter, right? We actually hit 27,000 on the Dow at one point last year. So we're not quite back to the all-time high, but we're certainly in the ballpark. So there are lots of different metrics you can look at, Clint. One of the easiest metrics is simply to look at the P.E. ratio of the S&P. Look at the P.E. ratio of, of the Dow and the NASDAQ. The price-to-earnings ratio tells us, relative to the earnings of all the companies in the S&P, whether the price is high, whether it's fairly valued, or whether it's undervalued. The P.E. of the S&P 500 is typically in the 16 to 17 ballpark, and that's about where we are right now. We may be a little bit above that. So what that means is not, hey, the next correction is, is imminent. It means that we are yet again at historic averages in terms of valuations, and it does mean proceed with caution. If you had $50,000 to invest today, you probably wouldn't put the whole 50 in at one time. You might dollar cost average that in 5000 a week for the next 10 weeks. You may do 10000 a week for the next five weeks. But the 
the the thing to watch out for or the thing to be aware of is what your time frame is for the money that you intend to invest right now. I don't think it's as important to try and time the next correction as it is to understand when that money needs to be available for you so that you can pick the best mix, the best risk reward trade off for the time frame that you plan to keep that money in the market. Okay, that's a super explanation, and it, it, it holds chart and course for where I'm at and what I'm doing. I just wanted to know what the uh, big brains out there were thinking about the same thing. <laughs> Does that mean I'm a big brain? I think so. That's I awesome. Gonna, I was going to ask you a question. <laughs> hey, quiet. Put this in parentheses. I count on you guys to be the big brains. There's a lot of us out here. Clint, thank you so much. around in the darkness with a little tiny flashlight, and we appreciate whatever light you can put on the subject. So well, I, I appreciate the call, Clint. Let us know how we can help. Take care, Clint. Thanks for the call today. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of the Larry Rosenthal Show with Dina Ology in the house here today and your calls. Stay tuned. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called SARS Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around 500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Deanology in the house today. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123 is our number. That's 855-ROSE-123. Let's go to Ashburn, Virginia, and talk to Sabeel. Good morning, sir. What's your question for Dina? Hi. So I have a good job right now. I think I'm on track in investments, but I don't really know how to do it. So I wanted to know what is the last amount that I need to start investing and how do I start investing? Okay. Um, are you currently saving into a 401k plan at your employer? Yes, I am. Are you saving the maximum that the IRS allows you to save into that plan? Yes, I am. Good for you. Fantastic. So the next thing I would recommend, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Do you have three to six months of savings in the bank? Uh, yes, I do. 
Excellent, because that's that's an important thing, and I and I want to uh, I want to make sure that our listeners understand why I'm saying that. I want to make sure that everyone has three to six months of their expenses in the bank, so that if hard times come, you uh, get laid off or you get sick and you can't work for a period of time. I don't want you liquidating out your investments to account for that. That's why we call it an emergency fund, three to six months of your expenses. So from there, Sabil, you can go to any online brokerage. You can come to a financial advisor like Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Most places will allow you to start an investment savings plan with as little as $100. There's there's all kinds of places where you can buy an S&P 500 index fund or an emerging markets mutual fund. It's 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 actually sort of a a wide open uh, universe for you. The thing I would encourage you to do is make sure when you start that investment plan that you, first of all, understand the impact on your tax return, because as a non-tax deferred account starts to grow and as it receives dividends and capital gains distributions, those amounts will go on your tax return. And if you're in a high income bracket, you may not want that. So you Mm. may want some guidance from a professional on tax efficient mutual funds or growth stocks versus dividend yielding stocks. That's where some advice can come in handy because you can tailor those investments to your personal situation. Makes sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. Uh, Sabella, I tell you, we'll get some help for you, too. If you just stay on hold, uh, Bob will pick you up, and maybe we can get some more advice out to you from the, from the office. Arnita is on the line with us from Bowie. Welcome aboard. What's your question for Dina? Good morning. Hey, girlfriend. How you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Um, Question. I have a girlfriend that's 59, and she was talking about withdrawing her uh, from her TSP to pay off debt. And she just retired in December, and I was was trying to advise her not to do that because of the taxes. Now, she's getting ready to be, uh, I think, 59 and a half, like in a few months or something like that. But what's the difference? As far as taxes being taken out, would she be taxed on if she was 59 and 59 and a half? Before 59 and a half, Arnita, she's going to have an additional 10% early distribution penalty. So if she's in the 22% federal income tax bracket, she's going to have to pay 22% in taxes federally. If she lives in Virginia, she's going to pay 5.75% state income tax. If she's in D.C., she's going to pay the D.C. tax, Maryland, the Maryland tax. So you're going to add all that up and then put an additional 10% on top of it. If she waits until she's 59 and a half, all of the federal and state taxes still apply, but the 10% penalty goes away. Oh, so the only thing that she would not pay would be the 10%. Correct. Now, if the entire TSP is in the Roth TSP and she's 59 and a half, she's not going to pay any taxes. Oh, so the the designation of the the TSP is important. If it was a pre-tax contribution, it's got one treatment. If it's Roth contribution, it's got another treatment. Hmm. 
Okay. Yes. Well, thank you so much. That's have, much clearer for me now. Arnita, have her call me. <laughs> I will. All right. Thank Alrighty. you. Glad All to right, know you're out there. Take care. Have a great week. 855-767-3123 is the number to call. 855-ROSE-123. Take a quick pause here before we move on and just realize it's the beginning. It's kind of important to talk about tomorrow, Palm Sunday, the beginning of Easter week. Yes. Just want to say happy Easter to everybody. I mean, what a wonderful event that this was and uh, and is for all of us Absolutely. forever and ever and ever. Absolutely. This is spring is, is wonderful. The flowers are blooming. The mm. birds are chirping. And he is risen indeed. Yes. And, and this is a wonderful time for Christians the world over to just... Pause and reflect on what Jesus did for us. Celebration time. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Good reminder. Happy Easter, my friend. Thank you. You too. Moving on, 855-877-3123. 855-ROSE-123 is the telephone number to call. And we've been talking about a lot of different things. We've gone over lots of uh, investment areas and things that we need to do uh, with regards to our investments. And we'll be back with more of that here in just a minute. Let's take a quick break here on the Larry Rosenthal Show. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. 855-767-3123 if you'd like to talk to Deanology here in the house today on the Larry Rosenthal show anything to do with your finances it is a financial management show it's about your retirement we're going to talk a little bit about that if we have some time here in a little bit but first we need to talk to Pearl from DC welcome aboard Pearl what's your question for Dina hi Pearl oh hi um, <laughs> we're here next Next year, I'll be uh, 70 years old. I sort of have two questions. Next year, I'll be 70 years old, and I have a, a TSP account, you know, one of those um, government-funded um, uh, accounts. Yes, ma'am. And um, the financial advisor that I kind of was using who helped me put some monies that I had that was sort of dying in an Athena account, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of thinking about pulling my TSP out and sticking it over in the Athena account. And I told him I didn't want it to do like my other uh, account that I had. I had some funds that were left to me by my mother, and she was 70-plus. Uh, she was Well, she was over 70. 
So she was taking already taking an automatic distribution, which of course we couldn't change. So I had to continue to take to change take the automatic distribution of her funds because mm-hmm. she was seventy and a half and whatever. Yes. Um. So, but the, I went through an Athena account, which made it different that I get. You know, I get I get a different type of money coming out now than I did when I had it at uh, another bank. I won't call the name of the bank. That's all right. But anyway, that turned out to be pretty good for me. Um, but now I have a TSP, and next year I'll be 70 years of age. And I'm thinking about um, that. I was thinking about moving all the TSP over to the Athena too, and I, but I wanted to take that as um, – Take it out, get it out every month. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it like my mom's when I get it out lump sum uh, once a year. I wanted it every month. But the TSP has this thing, and I can't get a direct answer from anyone at the TSP, which is kind of bothering me. Normally you can, but I really haven't been able to. Um, if if I take a distribution every month, it's um. It's a li- it says lifetime, and it looks like it's only my lifetime, so there's no balance left on it. So if there's a balance or something like that left on the account, if, you know, if I was de- deceased, mm-hmm. then if I was become deceased, um, my, my, um, my, um, my, you know, my kids, it wouldn't go to my kids, the balance on the account. Let me, stop you right, let me stop you me. right. Let me stop you right there, Pearl. Um, I, I hear your question. You're wanting to know about the distributions from TSP versus distributions from the Athene. The TSP money is yours as long as you hang on to the TSP. The TSP will send you a statement every quarter, and on that statement, they give a monthly income number. That monthly income number assumes that you take that TSP. You give it back in exchange for that monthly income. They will give you options for how long that monthly income lasts. So, for example, they may say, here's the amount that we'll give you for your life or 10 years, whichever's longer. So that amount would be different than the amount they would give you for 20 years or your life, whichever's longer. So if you died, let's say we did the 20-year distribution and you died in year 15, your beneficiaries would get the remaining five years. But if you lived 21 years, the assumption is that you've used up all the money and there's nothing left. So. So that's that is not a recommended way to handle your TSP. But I also am not necessarily a fan of rolling the whole thing into the Athene annuity because most annuities have what are called surrender charges. So if you put your entire TSP into that Athene annuity, they'll only allow you 10 percent per year without penalty for a certain number of years. So before you go that route, Pearl, find out what the surrender period is. What is the amount of time that money has to stay in that annuity untouched so that you can avoid any penalties? There may be some sort of happy medium between TSP and the Athene that you haven't considered yet. If you would like for us to talk about it and explore some other venues, I'm happy to do that with you. We'll just have Bob get a phone number and we can get a phone call scheduled. Yeah, a lot of moving parts there, Pearl. So we probably do need to to, uh, get you over to a, a little bit of advice later on. How does that sound? 
Okay, that, that's great. That'd be great. All right, Pearl, we're going to put Thanks, you on hold. Pearl. Thanks for the call today. And we have uh, from the district, Paul on the line with us. What's your question here for Dina? Hey, Paul. Paul, you still with us? Hello, Paul? Yeah, I'm going to put it back on hold. Maybe he's just stepped away for a minute. Yeah. Robert from Woodbridge, welcome aboard. Yes, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Uh, good morning. Uh, my question is referenced uh, also like Pearl to TSB. I'm, getting ready, I'm 67. I'm getting ready to retire this year. And I'm, I have a TSB that has quite a bit of money in it. And I don't really, at this point, need it to live off of, but I, I need to understand what's the best route to go as far as what should I do with that TSP uh, funds uh, as I go forward. The very first and most important bit of advice I'm going to give you, Robert, is to engage a financial planner because the financial planner is going to look at your entire financial picture and make recommendations based on the entirety of, of your financial circumstances. So they're going to be able to talk to you about risk in the TSP. They're going to be able to talk to you about the pros and the cons of leaving money in TSP, the pros and the cons of taking the money and doing something else with it but for for the sake of protecting what you've built and for the sake of of what I'll call measure twice cut once <laughs> I think the financial plan is is the best starting point for you so that you make the best decisions based on the full information and if you would like to discuss a financial plan with one of us at Rosenthal Wealth Management Group we'd be happy to do that with you Okay, so I, I, I think I would like to do that to uh, make an appointment or how does that work with your group? I'll tell you what, Bob, we'll just we'll put you on hold and uh, Bob will get some information from you and we'll go from there. How does that sound? That sounds great. Thank you. All Thank right, Robert. Thank you for the call. Thank you for calling us, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Let's see if uh, Paul decided to come back here. Paul, are you still with us? We got you. Nope, I guess uh, we've got a bad connection. Hopefully he'll call back. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't make some commentary about it being almost April 15th. (laughs) Monday is April 15th. If you haven't started on your federal income taxes, you've still got two days. Your tax return's got to be postmarked by midnight on Monday. Yeah. And I'm running across a a fair amount of people who have made some tax mistakes in the past in the past tax year that we're trying to correct for them before they file their taxes. So let me put a little bit of important information out there. If you have been contributing to a Roth IRA for 2018 and your income is really close to the maximum amount that is allowed for making Roth IRA contributions, double check the math. Talk to a tax advisor and find out if you're still okay income-wise for that contribution. I've had a handful of clients come to me and say, oh, no. My, my CPA just told me I made too much money last year. I've got to take this money out. Mm. So it's an easy enough thing. It's a matter of paperwork. But you have to do it. You've got to take out the money that you were not allowed to contribute. And here's the fun, really quirky thing about our tax code. If you made too <laughs> just much. Just one thing? 
I'm one of the biggies as far as I'm concerned on on April 13th, two days before tax filing day. (laughs) If you make too much money to contribute to a Roth IRA, you have to take out what you've contributed during the time when you made too much money and you weren't allowed. But you can take that money out of the Roth IRA, become compliant, contribute that money to a non-deductible traditional IRA, meaning you can't deduct the contribution from your income taxes, but then you can convert that traditional IRA (laughs) back to Roth. Yeah. Wow. Really? (laughs) Well, the thing is, is if you're not educated on that fact, though, you can't. I mean, without the education, well, and, you lose and, out. And, and that's that's why I wanted to, to put that out there, because a lot of people are running into these problems. Um, and it's not a, an earned income figure necessarily. It is what's called a modified adjusted gross income figure that you have to be on the lookout for. So for tax year 2018, if you were married filing jointly on your income taxes and you your modified adjusted gross income was less than $189,000. You're in the clear. You mm. can, your, your 2018 Roth contributions were fine. If you made $199,000 or, or more modified adjusted gross income, you can't contribute a penny. Hmm. And if you're in between the 189 and the 199, there's a formula to determine how much there's you can always, contribute. There's always a formula. If you're single... And you made less than $120,000, you are in the clear. If you made more than one hundred thirty-five, dollars you may not contribute at all. Mm. If you made between one hundred and twenty dollars and $135,000, you have got to do that formula. So we're two days before tax filing deadline. If you've been contributing to a Roth IRA for 2018, double-check your numbers. Yeah, and there's also that wonderful little thing in the tax code called an extension, which is always a lot of fun for you know some folks. And so many of these rules are tax filing deadline plus extensions. Yeah. So if you need to file an extension to get this remedied, file your extension. But also beware when you file an extension. That is simply an extension to file the return. You still have to pay your bill. Yep, unfortunately. Yeah, good times. You can't put that one off. Pete from Manassas, welcome aboard. What's your question here for Dina? Good morning. Hey, Pete. Hi, is this Dina? Yes, sir, it is. Good morning, Dina. Um, Thank you for taking my call. Um, So my father passed away uh, about two months ago. I'm so sorry. uh, He had a a small... A brokerage account about forty thousand dollars in uh, in some stocks, and he left that to me as a TOD transfer on death. So I'm in the process of filling out the paperwork uh, to send back to the brokerage company. Um, so my question is: once that is processed, and now I become, I guess, the registered owner of the stocks. Um, so I'm gonna, I guess, the forty thousand will be in my name. Uh, my father had also there was no will, but he had wanted me to leave um, one third of that amount to my my two sisters. So with me receiving the money, my thought was I'm going to take the money and then gift um, the one-third each to my two sisters. Mm-hmm. That'll be, you know, 14000 or whatever. Um, am I going to be taxed on that $40,000 in its entirety? 
how is that going to work for me if I'm going to turn around and gift some of the money back to my two sisters? The lovely thing about receiving stocks through a TOD, transfer on death, beneficiary designation, is that your cost basis becomes the value of those stocks on the day your father passed away. So your tax your tax ramifications will be limited to any sort of capital gain that may occur because of the growth since the day your father passed away. The uh, the 14,000 uh, uh, gift exclusion is in place, so you don't owe taxes on the gift itself. Pete, we're running up on a hard stop. Stand by. I'll talk to you a little bit more when we're done. So in kind of wrapping us up here, 855-767-3123, you can call that during the week with any questions that you have as well. Absolutely. So happy to be here. Remember, the sky's not falling. Do your financial plan. Do your risk assessment. And don't let the headlines derail you from your financial plan. Excellent, excellent. Always good to have you here. Hopefully you'll be back again very, very soon. I sure hope so. I have fun when I come here. Happy Easter to you. We'll uh, talk to you again next time on another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show. And if you're on hold, hang in there. We'll get to you here in just a minute. Stand by. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.